Well, good morning. <clears throat> Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries, a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Today is September the 17th, and we are continuing to work our way through the book of Acts. We have arrived in Acts chapter number 19. Let's see, yesterday, um, where did we get yesterday? We got down to um, verse number 12. Uh, we got down to verse number 12 yesterday. By the way, this app right here can be downloaded to your phone. It's actually a... Um, a player, if you want. Um, but then they're also uh, on the iPod player that comes pretty standard with your phone as well. Just type in Dwayne Spearman and you'll see that. So, all right, so we got down to verse number 12. And um, so let's go ahead and look at Paul in Ephesus here. Um, again, here's my notes and here's our text. Um, <clears throat> just for context here. Uh, came to pass that while Paul, that while Paulus was a Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper coast, came through Ephesus and finding certain disciples. And you remember he had been here before. Uh, he was reasoning with them in the synagogue, and they desired for him to stay a little longer. But he said he had to go because he had to make the feast that was in Jerusalem. And he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much even heard whether or not there be a Holy Ghost. And he said unto them. Unto what were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. And of course, we know that John, when he came preaching in the wilderness, he preached, Repent. Um, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And of course, they believed what John said, and they were repent. They were baptized unto John's baptism, which was the baptism of repentance. John barely baptized them with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people, that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. Now, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. In other words, they obviously were not aware. Um, there was no social media back then. <laughs> they were unaware that Jesus had came, and he was the one that John the Baptist was pointing to. So they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Paul laid hands on them. And they received the Holy Ghost and spake with tongues, and they prophesied. This means that they experienced what had happened at Pentecost. They had received the Holy Spirit as a result of their belief. And all the men were about 12. Now, again, this is a kingdom deal here. Paul is not dealing with the gospel of grace with these guys. There is no death, burial, um, uh, you know, uh, ascension or resurrection going on here. Paul, again, and I've went back and forth with this in my own personal study. Paul uh, did, during this unique time of overlap, uh, preach, continue to preach the gospel of the kingdom to the Jews and even Gentiles that were present. And at the same time, he did preach the gospel of grace. Um, so, again, this is just a very unique time, two different programs. Uh, both programs are salvific, and the fact that one was for Israel, the other was for the body of Christ. Um, and he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the, thing, the things concerning the kingdom of God. So, again, excuse me, the text is clear that he is talking about the kingdom of God. Repent and be baptized for the kingdom of God is at hand. 
that was the message that John the Baptist, Jesus, and the apostles taught um, during uh, Christ's earthly ministry. And uh, Matt, God bless you, brother. Good to see you. And the, the kingdom was at hand in the Gospels. It was not here. The kingdom could not be offered uh, in the Gospels because in order for the New Testament to be offered, Christ had to die as the testator for the remission of the sins committed, admitted under the Old Testament so that the New Testament could be offered. So it could not be offered in the Gospels. It had to be offered after the death of the testator. Uh, Hebrews chapter 9 makes that that very clear. And Peter was the one that offered the kingdom in Acts chapter number 2. So that's what he's preaching. The kingdom is still, the kingdom offer is still on the table for the Jewish people. But when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and, and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. And this continued for the space of about two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. Now we're introduced to the sons of Sceva. And God wrote special miracles uh, by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs, aprons, the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Again, these verses indicate a kingdom message here. Um, you know, uh, signs were for the Jews. 1 Corinthians one twenty two for the Jews require a sign. That was the whole purpose of the sign gifts that were given at Pentecost to ensure the Jews that this was the fulfillment of Joel chapter 2, verse, verses 28 through 31-32. Um, it is obvious that later on, um, Paul, even though here he's doing this, it's obvious later on that Paul apparently lost the ability to with these sign gifts, um, especially in regards to healing and the context here. Um, so that would indicate that they were temporary. They were a part of the kingdom message. Once the kingdom message was rejected, once the kingdom message was officially retracted, um, these sign gifts left uh, with it. Um, and th these healings that were taking place, uh, Paul, being an apostle under apostolic authority, he was able to perform uh, these these healings, just like the other apostles were able to. Um, but we do know that Paul was able to perform them at least up until Acts 28. In Acts 28, you'll remember he was shipwrecked. He was on his way to Rome. Uh, he landed on the island of Malta. Um, and, you know, he, uh, he came off the ship and he was bit by a serpent um, and then the barbarian saw uh, this, this snake hanging off of his hand and they were waiting for him to die, thinking that he was a murderer and he was going to get justice. But he didn't. He lived. He shook it off back into the fire and he felt no harm. Um, so they began to look at him like he was a god. Um, and then at the same, on that same, at that same time, uh, Publius uh, was sick, and God, I mean, Paul healed him. He pulled, he healed other people on the island. 
So we know that Paul was able to continuously perform these miracles up until at least Acts chapter number 28. Um, but after that, we don't see that at all. Um, of course, Paul in Acts 28 is on his way to Rome. Uh, he eventually does arrive in Rome, and when he gets in Rome, he receives revelation. He writes his prison epistles, which were his last writings, and we just we don't see these kinds of miracles anymore from from Paul. Uh, one writer uh, pointed out that it's in, that it's interesting in Second Timothy four twenty. He mentions that Erastus abode at Corinth, and Trophimus have I left in Miletum sick. So the very last place he was able to heal in Acts 28, he had to leave Trophimus there later, the very same place, and he couldn't heal him. Um, So again, I'm of the opinion, and haven't always been, but I am now, that the sign gifts associated with the kingdom message ceased with the rejection of the kingdom. Um, and these sign gifts will not come back. They are not for the body of Christ and those who are trying to desperately look after them and seek after them. It's because of their incorrect interpretation of what's going on in the first several chapters of the book of Acts, which has absolutely nothing to do um, with the assemblies of God (laughs) and the churches of God and the modern-day charismatic Pentecostal movement. Um, has nothing to do with those things. This is all about Israel. This is all about the Jew. This is all about the Jews' kingdom. Uh, like I've said before, we're not living in the kingdom. We're not living in a spiritual kingdom. We're not building the kingdom. We're not. We're not uh, bringing in the kingdom. The kingdom has absolutely nothing to do with the body of Christ. The kingdom is for the Jews, um, which you know brings you know the kingdom will come in with the new covenant. We're not in the new covenant. The Jews aren't in the covenant. There are no covenant people today. We are not under a covenant. The new covenant did not happen because the kingdom was rejected. So again, there's just all kinds of confusion. And and when people say, well, we're living in the covenant, we're a covenant church, we covenant theology, all of that, it all goes back, just like Pentecostal theology, to a misinterpretation of Acts chapter number 2 and applying it to the body of Christ, which again leads us to um, the only way you can arrive at that is if Christ offered the kingdom in the Gospels, it was rejected by his crucifixion, and then in Acts 2 it was given to the body of Christ. It's the only way you can end up there. I mean, it's the only way you can end up there. And again, you're having to spiritualize the text because Acts chapter number two doesn't say any of that. Um, and you can't understand this. And I think it was Mac yesterday who sent me a question about that. In um, Hebrews chapter number nine, um, it makes it very clear that it couldn't have been offered at that time. Um Let's see, right here it is. Um, But Christ, being come a high priest of good things to come, by greater, more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, say, not of this building, 
Neither by the blood of goats or calves, but by his own blood he entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For the blood of bulls and goats and ashes of a heifer, the sprinkling unclean, sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh. How much more so shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Again, remember, who is the book of Hebrews written to? I'm going to go with Hebrews, Bob. Uh, It's written to Hebrews. It's not written to the body of Christ. As a matter of fact, he everything in the Hebrew epistles, Hebrews through the book of Revelation, are written to they're written to Jews by the apostles, Jews that are still very much under the law, Jews that are that are looking for uh, Daniel's seventieth week. Some of them believe they were in it that because that's what coulda shoulda woulda happened, but didn't, and it was going to culminate with the second coming of Christ and the establishment of the kingdom. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. So who is the mediator of the New Testament? Jesus. How? By means of death. He is the mediator of the New Testament. So the New Testament could not have come in, could not have even legitimately been offered until after his death. For, you know, even though your Bible, you open your Bible, you've got this blank page between Malachi and Matthew that says New Testament, that's wrong, um, you know, and we say, well, the New Testament, Matthew chapter number one, Matthew chapter number one is still under, is still Old Testament. Um, so then the New Testament that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were committed under the first Testament. So Jesus, before the New Testament could be offered, Christ had to die to forgive the sins that were committed under the first Testament, which is the Old Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. And of course, they are referring to the Jewish people. For where a testament is, there must of necessity be the death of a testator. Now notice this, for a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. So the testator was Jesus, and he had to die before the testament could be in force, whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. And again, it, it talks about you know how the Old Testament, both the Old Testament and the New Testament, was in blood. So again, Christ could not have offered the kingdom under in in the gospels he it could not have been offered until after the death of the testator uh, again when do we read last will and testaments after people are dead <laughs> we don't read it while they're standing there looking at us the testament is not in force i mean if i write a last will and testament is to be read after my death it is not in force until after i die okay so, so again, I, you know, the kingdom is for the Jew. Uh, the, the covenants are for the Jews. We are not a covenant people. Um, so when you see things like covenant church and covenant this and covenant theology, it's all based upon a bad interpretation 
of what God was doing in the book of Acts. And again, these sign gifts will come back again someday. Understand what should have happened and what did happen. What should have happened is the Old Testament prophecies, promises, looked to a Messiah. And that Messiah was supposed to come. He was supposed to offer himself as a sacrifice to forgive the sins that were committed under the Old Testament. The nation of Israel were supposed to have accepted him as the testator. They were to accept him as the mediator. Okay, And had they done that, the tribulation period, Daniel's 70th week. Understand, if you, you study Daniel chapter number 9, it should have rolled along. 490 years are, different, are determined for your people. Jesus came at year 483. Okay, that leaves seven years left. It should have just rolled straight into the tribulation period, and it would have culminated with the second coming and the establishment of the kingdom. Yeah, that's what's supposed to have happened. And then God would have used... Uh, the kingdom of priests, which is the Jews, to reach the Gentiles. But that's not what happened. What ended up happening, matter of fact, I think I have a, let me try something crazy here if I can. Um, let me get a, a media file here if I can, if I still have it. I may not have it if I don't have it. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see it here. I put up a graphic before. Oh, here we go. All right, I'm going to show you this real quick. Um, right here. See that? This is what was supposed to have happened. Okay, this this age of grace, this this mystery, should not have happened. It was not Plan A. Okay, um, Plan A was that Christ would come. He would call out the twelve. He would be crucified. He would ascend, and then Peter stood up in Acts two, and offered the kingdom, and. Had the kingdom been accepted, we would have went into seven years of tribulation. And then the Lord would have returned, established his kingdom, the judgment, eternity. But that's not what happened. In Acts 1 through 9, the kingdom is still being offered and it's rejected. So God calls Paul. And you and I are living in this time of postponement. We are living in the time of grace. We are living in the church age because of the rejection of the king and his kingdom. But eventually, this is all Romans through Philemon, eventually we are going to be called out in the rapture. And then God is going to deal once again with the nation of Israel exclusively. This is Daniel's 70th week. Okay. Hope that kind of makes sense. A little bit of study there. I can send those graphics to you um, if you'd like to see those. So I don't know how I got off on all, all of that, but um, we're not living in the kingdom today. 
Uh, we're not part of the kingdom. We're not kingdom people. Uh, I even heard a music group the other day called We the Kingdom. Um, um, no, uh, we're not the kingdom at all. It's a bad interpretation of what was happening. Uh, now notice in verse number 13, and I think I've already talked to myself out of time here. Um, I'll just say this. Then certain um, of the vagabond, excuse me, Jews who were exorcists, took upon them to call over them, which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. And there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jew, and a chief of the priest, which did also. So now we're introduced to some Jews that apparently specialized in exorcisms. And when they did it, they did it by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. Now among these were the seven sons of Sceva. Sceva is said to be chief of the priest in Ephesus. So that would have made him a member of the Sanhedrin there. Um, one teacher put it this way. They were not evil men. They were just ignorant of what they were getting themselves involved in. Their father was a chief priest, and they were all wanting to serve the Lord with the knowledge that they had. That's all we can do, right? They no doubt had heard that Paul was casting out demons in the name of Jesus, and they perhaps thought it may work for them, being fellow Jews, but something was missing in their walk with God. Salvation. They did not know that being a Jew like Paul was not enough. Yeah, they had to know that Jesus, they had to know the Jesus that Paul preached before they could call upon his name. So we'll get into that tomorrow, into that exorcism. And, you know, um, again, exorcisms are associated with the kingdom. Uh, Paul doesn't address the issues of demonic possession. Uh, there's no how-to in the New Testament to cast out demons. Um, again, I think a lot of that was happening during the offer of the kingdom, that satanic activity that was taking place because the devil knew what was going on. Uh, I don't think, I'm sure, I believe it's here today for sure, you know, but I don't think it's as prevalent as you know, many would like to assume, but we'll talk about that tomorrow. So hope that makes sense. God bless you, Matt. Good to have you with me today. God bless you, my brother. I hope you're doing well. And um, tell Heather that I said, hey, and uh, you guys have a great day. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning, hopefully uh, 630 a.m. God bless you.